Faye, I don't know about you, but pap smear changes happen so frequently, I feel like, and I can't keep up anymore now that my primary practice is really just in obstetrics. Yeah, and it's really difficult, I think, even for our residents to remember everything, especially with Creogs looming overhead in, towards the end of January. So what methods do you have of making sure that they and us keep up to date? Well, if I need a quick reference, one place that I can know I can turn to is the OBG project because I can hold this in my special library on my bookshelf and say, aha, this is the most recent thing that I know that they have read and up to date and a nice bullet pointed summary. And then they've even got an alert on their homepage right now to get you signed up to be able to know as soon as the newest recommendations coming from the USPSTF on cervical cancer screening get dropped. Um, that's pretty, pretty neat that you can be right on the front lines of brand new changes in patient care. Yeah, absolutely. And even more for residents, uh, they have the resident core curriculum. So you can go ahead and sign up for that um, and basically look at comprehensive OBGYN resources for your education. And of course, now the OBG project also has an app so you can access this even more quickly and easily from your phone. Get signed up for all of the great things that come from the OBG project, including OBG First, absolutely free for residents all four years on our website, creagsovercoffee.com. Check out the sidebar, get signed up. All right, guys, welcome back. This is Faye. This is Nick. And this is... Creogs over, over coffee. coffee. All right, guys. So welcome back. We are going to be talking about an espresso episode topic. So today we're going to discuss updates to the Miffy Pristone REMS requirements. So what are our learning objectives today, Nick? Yeah. So first we'll kind of talk about the background of the Mifepristone REMS requirements and what exactly those things are, or were, I should say. Um, we'll talk what the new updates to them are and discuss the implications of those updates on clinical care. Um, ACOG has released a limited practice advisory as of this month um, with an overview of these requirements. If you're looking for some reading, that will post on the website. So, Faye, let's jump into it. Um, we've talked about it on the show before, but let's remind everybody, what exactly is mifepristone? Yeah, so as you probably know, mifepristone is a medication that is used in combination with mesoprostol as part of um, a medication abortion. And this method is both safe, effective, and it's also FDA approved, and it can also be used for early pregnancy loss. Um, so to hear a little bit more about exactly what it is and how we do that, check out our medication abortion and telehealth abortion episodes, which we're gonna put um, on our website. Something that's important to know is that starting in 2011, the FDA actually implemented the Mifepristone REMS, which is called the Risk Evaluation and Mitigation Strategy Program, which placed several restrictions on Mifepristone distribution. So these were that there needed to be an in-person dispensing requirement, meaning that the medication needed to be dispensed in a clinic, in a medical office, or a hospital by or under direct supervision of a certified clinician. So that meant that patients could 
not go to a retail pharmacy um, or get their medication by mail if they wanted to get Mifepristone. And ACOG has long advocated for removal of this restriction because it doesn't make care any safer, it's not based on medical evidence, and it creates barriers to clinician and patient access to medication abortion and medical management of early pregnancy loss. And of course, it does disproportionately burden communities that already face structural barriers to care. So why are we making this episode now, Nick, now that we you know, have talked about what Mifepristone is and what these barriers have been in the past? Yeah, you know, honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with kind of some recent changes in our lives, um, particularly with COVID-19. I mean, if we start with that, the FDA halted during the pandemic or public health emergency enforcement of the REMS in-person dispensing requirement, again, due to the public health emergency that basically allowed for telehealth provision of mifepristone and mail distribution in some states. By December of 2021, the FDA then completed a review of the Mifepristone REMS program and determines that modifications were warranted to basically reflect what we have already known in OBGYN and complex family planning in particular, that there is longstanding safety data, um, we need to improve patient access, we need to reduce the burden on healthcare delivery um, by updating these REMS requirements. And then on January 3rd of 2023, there was a, a drug manufacturer submission basically to update the prescribing information, all of that, that was ultimately approved by the FDA. So I guess, Faye, ultimately, um, what kind of are the on-the-ground updates that we need to know about? First of all, there is going to be a permanent removal of in-person dispensing requirements. So that means in addition to clinics, medical offices, hospitals, certified pharmacies can now dispense mifepristone to patients with a prescription from a certified prescriber, meaning that potentially you could go to your local pharmacy if they become a certified pharmacy and get your medication instead of having to go to see your doctor and get it from them. It also means that mifepristone can now be dispensed in person or by mail. There is also this addition of a pharmacy certification requirement, meaning that retail pharmacies that meet certain requirements and complete a pharmacy agreement form can now dispense mifepristone to patients who have a prescription from a certified prescriber. And you can find all of these documents actually on the FDA website, and we're going to also post that on our website. So knowing these updates, Nick, what does that mean for us and what does that mean for our patients? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it's self-explanatory, which is great. But number one, the big thing for all of us is that this is going to increase access to medication abortion. Um, on a maybe basis, you know, there's still those state-specific laws, the ability and willingness of retail pharmacies to get the REM certification, to be able to dispense this. You know, there are some states that are restricting abortion, um, as we have talked about on the show before. There are some states that are restricting abortion or um, other forms of telehealth access and may still require in-person dispensing of mifepristone or regulation of medications by mail that would be additional barriers, but at the state level rather than the federal or FDA level. So you know, the REMS requirements still remain as a medically unnecessary barrier to obtaining this medication, um, but hopefully at least this reflects a step forward towards access um, to a to a safe medication that is providing health care. Absolutely. All right, Nick. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this short and sweet espresso episode. Um, I don't think we necessarily need to summarize. So once again, this is Faye. 
This is Nick. And this has been Kriyag's Over Coffee. So guys, if you enjoyed the podcast, head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever your podcatcher is, give us a five-star rating and review. You can find us on social media, on Twitter at KriogsRiverCoff1, on Facebook and Instagram at Coffee. And if you want to contribute to the show, you can go ahead and go onto our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Coffee. Show notes for this episode, as well as all of our previous episodes, including those other episodes we've recorded on abortion, and the Rosh Review Question of the Week are available on our website, CreogsRiverCoffee.com. If you have a question for us, a correction, or want to hear some specific episode, go ahead and email us, kriogsrivercoffee at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.